Welcome to the Dental Business Podcast with your host and owner of multiple businesses, a mentor, investor, and dental surgeon, Brad Thornton. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Dental Business Podcast. I'm going to do an episode today. It's kind of about mental health, and the reason I'm doing this one, and I I thought about this for a while, there was something that happened last year which was quite a big event, not necessarily too personal to me, but it stirred some hugely personal emotions up. But all of that was kind of just stirred up again with the recent suicide of of Caroline Flack that happened last week. So for those listening, it's a, a UK celebrity. Who, who killed herself at 41, maybe 42, very young anyway. I don't know the ins and outs of the circumstances, but what it did is it reminded me of, and to be fair, I've been thinking about this periodically over over the months, but somebody ha- who I knew many years ago, who I'd not seen for a long time, but at, at one point I, I knew him. We were social media friends. Uh, he was younger than I was. He took his own life in not a very nice way. And... The reason it was so profound to me was because he had a son that was, at the time, a little bit older than than my son was. So I think his son was maybe one at the time, Um, which, you know, as a new dad and somebody who was just getting to grips with being a father for the first time, to know that somebody who was in a very similar boat to me had done that. I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. So, yeah, because of the nature of social media, it gives you that kind of connection with people that you would have once lost with time. You can kind of see what they're doing, what they're up to. You you know, I knew that he had a son. I'd seen him interact with his son via the posts that he'd done. I knew that even something that had cropped up that weekend of a, of a photo of him kissing his son, the weekend that he actually did this. Um, so when I found out, I was just like, fucking hell, I just could not believe it. And it really just smacked me around for a bit. Very, very emotional because, you know, they say, don't they, when, whenever you can relate to something, the, the, the more you can relate to it, the harder, bigger an impact it has, something like that. And of course, because of his age, because of his son's age, because of what they were doing, I don't know, I just felt a bit more of a connection with him, even though I'd not seen him for a while. And it just got me thinking then, since then, and period, even now, I just think, what must someone have been going through battling with to actually have the the mindset to do that I just couldn't understand how anybody could do that but people do it all the time I think under 35s it's the biggest cause of death for under 35s or some horrendous statistic but where does all that begin what is the the journey that someone takes is it a one-off acute mental health issue is it a longer term chronic ongoing thing that just chips away at someone there were personal circumstances that I feel maybe influenced what he did, but it's still a massive, massive thing. I mean, somebody commented on one of Caroline Flack's media posts saying, oh, you know, sorry to the family. Can't believe this happened. Can't believe she were, you know, how the weakness set in for her to be able to do that. It was a, a well-intentioned post, but the words were wrong because... I was thinking, actually, it's not weakness. It's, it's a huge strength to be able to overcome all natural instincts for you not to do something, then to do something 
I think is shows a huge amount of strength to be able to do that, but it's just directed in a to the the worst direction ever. So it's almost like the people that are going through this actually just they do have strength. It's just it's directed in the wrong place. They need to try and find the right direction for that energy and that strength. Really. Now I'm not in any way qualified to talk about this, but I think the personal experience that we all have I mean mental health will affect everybody at some stage whether it's you a partner a friend a colleague a member of the family and it and and through one of those channels it has affected me personally as well someone close to me who has has battled with certain things over the years that I've had experience with so you do learn a lot and the first thing you realize is you actually don't know very much and whenever I do podcast episodes, I always want to try and make sure that we are creating value, that the people listening are having benefit from the episode. So I don't know whether this will create a thought, either somebody who is suffering themselves, somebody who knows somebody who is suffering. Now, mental health is such a varied and wide-ranging thing that it's very difficult as a sort of a, a random podcast episode to cover everything or to go deep into it but maybe just some of my thoughts and opinions on topics might be helpful so I think in terms of where I've come from over the years of being a person who has observed somebody with certain levels of things like anxiety maybe bordering on certain times maybe depression possibly um, someone struggling with with mental health issues I think as an observer or as a supporter, someone close to them, I think it's very difficult because whenever you're in a situation where you're trying to discuss things with somebody who is suffering, you've got to try and take off your lens of the world because when somebody is depressed or if they've got some anxiety issues or anything else that might fall under this umbrella, they can view the world completely different to you. The rational side of your brain that helps you figure things out tends to be muddied over or just doesn't exist especially in quite quite acute periods when maybe everything's falling apart for this person so you've got to really just get all your perception all your ideas of, of the way things are all your ways to rationalize your own problems probably just won't work so you need to learn to just be one really good fucking ear to listen and you've got to help support them in what they want to do, try not to steer too much because that can be quite hard. With me, that you know, this person who was close to me, it was the point at which they reached out for help that they, I then I then helped steer them. You know, we found a therapist, we paid privately, fifty quid an hour. So, I think for the balance of what it does for you, I think it's well worth the money. But so we helped with that. So I, I kind of took the reins a bit because it was something that they couldn't do themselves um, because for them to deal with that side meant sort of dealing with an issue which they really, really struggled with at that point. But actually going to therapy and speaking with a professional, somebody who is non-judgmental, who can give advice objectively because they don't know you, they can do it based on experience, knowledge, education, their past experience with other clients and kind of knowing what works giving advice that you can then go and follow. And, you know, you can follow it together. Maybe go along to these sessions with with them um, if that's appropriate. 
but start to guide and help and be supportive in any way this person needs at the point they reach out. Before that, you're an ear. You're making sure that people are okay and you're just being vigilant to the fact that anybody around you could actually be showing signs of mental health issues. Um, that doesn't mean that you have the sole responsibility because you don't. You can't shoulder that burden because that'll have a negative impact on your mental health if you take on the full responsibility of that. Because people have to help themselves as well, but just try to be there for people. If you're the one that's actually suffering, I think the first thing really is to realise that you are. Stress nowadays is, is a massive thing. And I mean, for me personally, I mean, I, I've been in therapy sessions in the past. I've spoke to therapists. I have patients who are therapists. I do a podcast. This is my therapy. I think finding or at least realizing yourself that there are moments in because in everyone's life you have you know board, not borderline personality issue by that that sounds um that's maybe labeling it a bit too much but we all have things that happen day to day that if they went further so if the stress was a bit further if that little bit of anxiety about something went that bit further was that a bit more prolonged then it may come to a point where we need to be able to recognise these these things because I've always said that being reactive is harder, but being proactive, trying to combat uh, an established mental health. By the way, people may challenge me on terminology, the way I'm describing things. Like you said, I'm, I'm, no, I'm nowhere near psychologically trained, psychiatrically trained, psychology, whatever. You know, I'm not. So I'm just going to have to forgive my sort of lack of terminology or the way that I'm saying things but this is just my understanding of it but you know you don't want things to build up you don't want to you want to recognize when something's starting to push in a little bit and I think act proactively very very quickly so for me it would be discussing challenges discussing things actually quite often um finding somebody who you feel is a trusted individual whose opinion you value, um, somebody that is non-judgmental to you. Now, it might be someone very close to you. It might be a partner. It might be a close friend. It might be a colleague. It might be a stranger. You know, it might be a therapist. It all depends on your personal relationships with people, how, how comfortable you feel, because the first conversation you have is what will then make things further a bit more comfortable. So it's getting over that first one, mentioning to somebody that you may have an issue, that you're feeling anxious, that you that you may be feeling depressed, recognising it in yourself to be able to acknowledge it. So then it brings it out into the open and then you can start to think about how you can, can work with it because I don't know whether anything is ever cured really because we're human beings. There may be triggers, there may be things that flare up emotions, there may be things that, that remind us of how we were previously, which then create a negative emotion, a mental health episode, a stress, anxiety, a period of depression. I think it's more to do with how you manage that, what you do regularly that can help combat the thing that is dragging you into the darker side, the thing that, you know, doing things that try and keep you on the lighter side. I think that's important. So, it's recognising it, talking about it, um, seeking help. I know everyone always says that, but it's really important. 
Now, help can be anything. It might be a GP. It might be a therapist. It might be a friend, a colleague. I do think that speaking to a professional quite early is good. I mean, therapy is brilliant. It really is. Um, regardless of where you are uh, in life, I think actually speaking to someone who, um, think about a coach for a 100-meter sprinter. You know, you don't have to have a form of coaching because you are broken. It might be that you're wanting to improve or you feel you're going slightly onto the dark side and you're doing something that's really going to help you like lift you back up again uh, make you feel uh, better maybe structure your mind a bit more help overcome those darker thoughts because in the end you aren't broken if you've got a mental health issue it's not about that you're not trying to fix yourself you just try to make sure that you can live day to day we can't have these situations where young people who have got young families feel that literally only way out is to take their own life. I remember speak, uh, when Robin Williams did it and the whole thought that you uh, you can say to somebody, oh, but you've got a beautiful son, why would you want to do that? Well, if you're depressed, you think my son will be better off without me. Or you've got a wonderful family you've got a beautiful wife you've got a really good job when you're depressed you might be thinking that well I'm a burden to my wife she'd be much better with somebody else but she won't find anyone else if I'm around my family will be so much better off if I'm gone I was wonderful at my job but now I'm not and my identity is wrapped around my, my work and because I can't do my job right the best thing to do is just to get out of here just to kill myself and we just need to make sure that we can stop that. There are a few things, because I always talk about trying to be offensive as well, rather than be defensive. So in terms of mental health and mindset, even if you're watching this or listening to this and um, you think this doesn't affect you, it may do at some point. And I think day-to-day -day do things which are known by in some quarters as being quite good mechanisms to promote a healthy mindset and a positive mindset i've mentioned this before you know exercise is very difficult I, I think it's impossible to have a negative mindset to be depressed or have a depressive mindset to be anxious when you're exercising because it's tricking your mind because of the way you are physically because your body normally recognizes a raised heart rate raised energy levels a lot of movement, it recognises that as being what you would do if you were excited, if you're energetic. If I'd asked you to recount a story about somebody being excited and overwhelmed and I said, okay, why don't you show me, they were really, really excited. I want you to show me what that is. You do physical actions which would signify that somebody was excited and happy. And there's a link between mental state and the physical state. So if you're doing exercise, you're kind of, tricking your mind into thinking, all right, this person is in a good mood, they're happy, they're excited. Now, that might only be for an hour or two a day, but over a 24-hour period, that's a decent chunk of time where you can help reset your mind a little bit and make you feel better. Um, and if you're doing that on a regular basis, you're training yourself a bit more for not just the physical, but the mental as well. And you're training yourself to be in a more positive mindset. And I think it does help long-term, it really does. You know, it all is a trajectory, a fraction every day, and it might end up setting you on a different path and leading you to a healthier mind. And I think that's that's a really important thing to do. 
another thing as well. Some, you know, some of these sound a little bit, you know, a bit, bit, bit fluffy. But the other two important ones. One is to practice gratitude. Now, again, it's hard, and this is difficult because I struggle with this. To do this is hard, but every day, maybe in the morning when you wake up, um, before you go to bed, just spend five minutes searching through the day, through life, to find things that you're thankful for. It might be the fact that you've got a roof over your head. It might be that you've got your wife lying next to you, or your husband, or your partner, or whoever. It might be that you were lucky enough to have children, and you've, you know, your kids are sat on your knees, you're reading them a story. It might just be as simple as being able to cook a nice meal. It could be anything. It might be that you've got a job to go to. Uh, but just try and search for things to be thankful for. Because again, what you're doing is uh, you're forcing your mind to be thankful. And it's hard to be thankful. And in fact, you can't be thankful and negative at the same time. It's just the two conflicting emotions. So you just bang out of the way the the negative emotion, replace it with a positive one for that period of time. And again, if you do that on a daily basis, you start to try and, you're trying to reprogram the brain to look for the positive things in your day rather than focusing on the negative things. And the last one is affirmations. Now, again, this is something that dropped out of the the therapy sessions. How often do you say negative things in your mind? How often are you saying and for focusing on the negative part of an event or the day or life and saying it in your head. The little voice in your mind is focusing on the negative thing. Well, if you do that often enough, that's going to be the dominant thought, the negative thought. So you need to force your mind into saying positive things. Um, it may be as simple as, I am confident. This is in the mind you know, over and over and over again. I am confident. I am strong. I can deal with this, I can cope, I am confident, I am strong, I can deal with this, I can cope. And just relate to yourself for five or ten minutes. Maybe you say it a hundred times. At first you have you don't believe yourself. You don't you know you, you don't think that you can deal with these situations, you don't think you're confident, you may not think you're happy. But just keep doing it day to day. Because what that's doing is that's just changing that internal voice a little bit. And it does help rewire things. Now, all of this is under the the same advice as before, that that is fair enough. All of this, these actions are very, very good. Doing exercise, uh, being grateful, recounting affirmations daily, all of that's good. Yeah, it's very, very helpful. I found it helpful personally. But you've also got to start to recognise when these these negative things and and things are becoming a bit too uh, overwhelming. If you are feeling anxious regularly and you are feeling depressed, that you start talking to somebody. And also, this doesn't account for people who need medication as well to help. There's a stigma around the idea of having medication or seeing the GP, seeing medical practitioners opening up and then looking at having medication. Um, I thought maybe the same. Uh, many years ago my opinion changed when I observed somebody who took medication and I spoke to more people that that did and it is way more prevalent than we think the way I now view it is that medication and obviously this completely depends on the medical diagnosis and 
various factors, but the way I view things are is that if you're trying to mend a boat in really choppy seas, it's impossible. So the medication settles the waters so you can rebuild and repair. And it really just helps aid that recovery and certainly aids the management, aids the management of these things. Well, I, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, like I said, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Uh, I'm not clinically trained to give advice about this, but I do have personal experience. I did think it was an apt moment to do this because despite the fact that I didn't know Caroline Flack, you know, she was a celebrity, I do think it's pretty horrible that she felt the need to do what she did. But for me, it stirred up huge emotion again of what happened last year when somebody that I knew who was very similar to me, similar place in their life, took his own life. And we just, can't, we just we've just got to deal with this somehow. We've got to figure it out. And really, as much as social media posts and you know, will you share this? And I think I know the five. Prove that people are all of that is. I'm sure it's there's goodwill in, intent, and you know, it's a good gesture. But we truly have influence on ourselves and those closest around us. So we need to have an ear that we can listen, that we can just have his eyes open, try and spot, try and listen, make sure that you're open and available to people. But we also need to understand ourselves a bit and realise that we're humans and we can have mental health issues at any point and try to recognise if that's happening because the earlier we talk about it, the earlier we proactively try and deal with it, the daily things that we do that act to be proactive and offensive when it comes to mental health, actually take it on, push for a positive mindset, do things that try to stimulate a mindset that is fucking too strong for a negative mindset, then I think it's a step in the right direction. And hopefully it will help others and hopefully as well, it'll help yourself. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll hopefully see you again on the next Dental Business Podcast. Bye.